Good Morning Truth. I have been watching a documentary series on TVN called Inexplicable. And it takes you through the journey of how the gospel of Jesus spread throughout the world after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. And there are some names and stories we as believers should know. Job 8, 8 through 10 reads, For inquire, please, of bygone ages, and consider what the fathers have searched out. For we are but of yesterday and know nothing, for our days on earth are a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and utter words out of their understanding? So this morning I ask that you be a little patient with me. There is an inspiration in all of this for you, as every life can teach and inspire. I want to take a few minutes to tell you about Constantine the Great who was one of Rome's most powerful and successful emperors and the first to self-identify as a Christian. Constantine was the son of a Roman official and his concubine. This placed him in the line to succeed the throne of the Western Roman Empire. At age 31, he prepared to attack his chief rival with an army outnumbered four to one. Before the battle, Constantine claimed to have seen a vision of Jesus with a specific symbol telling him, by this sign, conquer. Constantine ordered his troops to mark their shields with this symbol, the Shiro, the symbol commonly representing Christianity. The Shiro combines the first two letters of the Greek word for Christ and it resembles a capital letter P and an X drawn through the spine. Constantine forces the enemy out and wins the war and became the emperor. The Chiro symbol would be part of Constantine's personal signature for the rest of his life. During Constantine's reign, controversies arose over the teachings of Arius, who denied the full divinity of Jesus. Constantine called a meeting of Christian bishops, the Council of Nicaea, to settle the dispute. The calling in of the religious council by a political figure was the first act of separation of church and state. See, what we don't seem to grasp is that the separation of church and state is not to keep the church out of state business, but to keep the state out of church business. Oh, but contrary to popular myth, this meeting did not discuss the canon of the Bible, nor was Constantine influential in the council's decision. See, emperors saw themselves as just responsible for promoting correct forms of worship which is why he called in the council and the bishops. Constantine's faith was frequently critiqued and outright questioned, even though he made great strides concerning political and social rights for Christians and initiated general humanitarian reforms. He poured time and money into building churches and publicly appointing Christianity 
Toward the end of his reign, Constantine vocally professed faith in Christ and credited his success to God. He was baptized shortly before his death according to the common practices of his time. However, some of Constantine's actions resulted in some negativity because Constantine blended some of the pagan-centered worship with Christianity. And he also contributed to the rise of Roman Catholicism because of the blending of the pagan worship practices. Constantine's legacy is complex and not wholly understood, but he stands as one of the dominant figures in Christian history. Without doubt, his influence helped transform Christianity from a persecuted minority into the most widespread faith in history. I wanted to share the story of Constantine because many times we withhold our giftings, our efforts, our ideas regarding the building of the kingdom of God, regarding reaching out to the lost for fear of what others may say, sometimes just out of sheer fear of failure. Constantine was not a perfect man by no means, but he set his mind on doing the work of the Lord and spreading the gospel. And that was impactful. The renowned basketball champion, Bill Russell, had a quote that went, the game is on. It is scheduled. We have to play it. So we might as well win it. And I say to you this morning. God has ordained you for this time. Life is available to us, so we might as well live it to its fullest. And that means for the glory of God. Colossians 3, 23-24 tells us whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And just a heads up, so that you're not caught off guard, people are going to talk about you, and everyone is not going to be pleased with your efforts. Your name may even become slandered. But keep your eyes on the inheritance of God. Don't get caught up in fighting battles that are the Lord's and not yours. 1 Peter 3, 19-13 tells us, Do not repay evil for evil, or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous 
and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Remember, when you start your day with truth, blessings throughout the remainder of the day is inevitable. Thank you.